Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 125 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are an Xbox-related fun fact together. The show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please, do me a favor, subscribe in your favor, and then leave a review. Xboxin10.com, No Numbers is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Back for Blood, Crisis Remastered Trilogy, The Jackbox Party Pack 8, and NHL 22. The games coming out this week include YouTubers Life 2, Into the Pit, Sheepo, Corpse Party 2021, Princess Loot Pixel Again, Echo Generation, Toy Soldiers HD, Skull the Hero Slayer, Disciples Liberation, Evertried, Tandem A Tale of Shadows, The Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes, My Friend Peppa Pig, and Murder Diaries 2. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have seven to cover this week. Number one. Avowed reportedly has destructible environments and is deep into pre-production. Cat Bailey at IGN writes, A little more than a year since its original announcement, we still know comparatively little about Avowed, the new first-person RPG from Obsidian based in the Pillars of Eternity universe. However, a new report by Windows Central appears to shed light on the project, revealing that it's well into pre-production and that it will feature many elements Pillar of Eternity fans are familiar with. They reportedly include familiar spells, such as Jolting Touch and Fetid Caress, as well as creatures like the Oxaroops. The report repeatedly compares Avowed to Skyrim and Oblivion, describing it as, quote, undoubtedly Obsidian's take on the Elder Scrolls, end quote. It may go as far as to include destructible environments, with fire spells leaving areas, quote, coated in flames, end quote. Avowed is reportedly still in pre-alpha and is not yet playable, but Obsidian is said to be making steady progress. The report speculates that Avowed could be in a playable state by E3 2022, but that date is currently unconfirmed. Assuming it's all correct, it sounds like Avowed will be the sort of deep open-world RPG that has been characteristic of Obsidian's efforts over the years. A direct descendant of Black Isle Studios, Obsidian is best known for its work on Fallout New Vegas and Knights of the Old Republic 2, both of which have become beloved classics over the years. I'm very intrigued by this game very much indeed. I did like Fallout New Vegas, I was a bigger fan of Fallout 3, and love Knights of the Old Republic 2. I can't wait to get my hands on Avowed. Skyrim, for some reason, just didn't pull me, and I wonder if this could be different. I do like the idea of destructible environments. I'm a little concerned that it's only deep into pre-production. This tells me that we are not going to get our hands on this game until the earliest of 2023. Number 2. Xbox Series X and S has cleared 100k in Japan and is on track to beat Xbox One. Andy Robinson at VGC writes, According to the latest Famitsu sales data, Xbox Series S sold 2,900 units and Xbox Series X sold 527 units during the week that ended October 10th. This brings the combined lifetime total sales to 102,591, 64,284 for Series X, and 38,307 for the Series S. In comparison, it took Microsoft's previous console 220 weeks, or 4.5 years, to reach the 100,000 sales milestone by November of 2018, according to data collected by the Game Data Library. And with around 115,000 lifetime sales, Xbox Series X and S is on track to outsell Xbox One's total Japanese sales around one year after its launch. However, in context, the Series X and S is still tiny compared to the other platform holders on the market, and PlayStation 5 is already well ahead at some 1.2 million units sold. However, given Xbox's historically poor market performance in Japan, it's a mere positive start in a country where Xbox has typically struggled. This is a step in the right direction, obviously minute and compared to the competitors, but you gotta love that the Japanese market is taking more on with the Xbox Series X and S. 
I think cloud gaming, if it really propels well and works well, especially in that market, could be a game changer given how much the Japanese market is fond of handheld gaming. Number 3. Disney teases new Star Wars video game reveal for December 14th. Jeremy Signer at VG247 writes, Disney kicked off a new Star Wars product reveal campaign that encompasses multiple products and media. Dubbed Bring Home the Bounty, it's made up of 12 weeks of reveals running to the end of the year, the first of which is a swath of action figures and clothing. Each week of reveals is hinted at with an icon of some sort, some are characters from the Star Wars universe, while others are more abstract concepts, like a logo for the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilms or a pair of lightsabers. Most interesting is week 10, which is represented by a game controller, suggesting a game announcement is imminent. No other info is offered as to what the game would be, though we already know about the Knights of the Old Republic remake in the works for PC and PS5, and the port of the original game for Switch. And there's a new expansion for the Old Republic on the way. Beyond that, there's only rumors and barely announced threads of upcoming games to go on. And there's plenty out there to glean on. We know about a Ubisoft open world game set in the Star Wars universe, and there are the rumors of a David Cage directed Star Wars game. Or it could be the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. We didn't see it at EA Play, but we might see it here, and there's the possibility of something entirely unexpected. There's plenty to speculate on. At any rate, we'll find out all what Disney has in store for us on the week of December 14th. I cannot wait to see what this is, I hope I don't get my expectations too high, but I would just love to see that Jedi Fallen Order sequel, or the new David Cage game. I really loved Detroit Become Human, so I'd love to see a David Cage style game in the Star Wars universe. I'm just so hungry for Star Wars right now, after the Bad Batch had ended, I'm going to the theme park in Orlando in a few weeks, and I cannot wait to make my first effort lightsaber there, and maybe even a droid. Number 4. FIFA reportedly wants to charge EA 1 billion every 4 years for the name. Logan Plant at IGN writes, We now have a clue as to why EA Sports is considering changing the names of FIFA, its giant football franchise. The New York Times reports that there's a dispute between EA, the developer of the FIFA games, and FIFA, the worldwide football organization. The disagreement is reportedly over cost and new revenue streams. According to the report, FIFA wants to charge EA $1 billion every four years to use the FIFA license within its game. Additionally, the organization wants to limit EA's monetization of the game. FIFA wants to limit EA's money-making opportunities to strictly what can be found in a game. EA wants to explore monetizing, quote, highlights of actual games, arena video game tournaments, and digital products like NFTs, end quote, the New York Times says. Last week, EA said they are exploring the idea of renaming the EA Sports Football Games. EA also says that the FIFA partnership is different than their official other partnerships, meaning the loss of FIFA wouldn't mean the loss of official team and player names. The license only gives EA the name, logo, and rights to use the World Cup within the game. Well, given that, this seems like a no-brainer. We can expect FIFA to be changing the name because 1 billion every 4 years is just insane for the name. Given that FIFA doesn't really have a competitor in the market, eFootball is not doing it clearly if you've seen the memes, they should have no problem renaming it to something, people will change, get accustomed to it, and this will be a thing of the past. Number 5. Battlefield 2042 Hazard Zone is a PvPVE mode that takes cues from Hunt Showdown and Tarkov. Morgan Park at PC Gamer writes, After months of talk about All at War and Portals, we finally know exactly what the last of Battlefield 2042's big three modes is, and it's pretty different from any Battlefield mode before it. Hazard Zone is a PvPVE elimination mode in which four-player squads duke it out on multiplayer maps over control of contentious data drives. Unlike Battle Royale, the goal of Hazard Zone is to not kill, but to extract out of the Hazard Zone alive with as many data drives as possible, according to a briefing sent by EA. Players have to buy guns and choose specialists before a match using in-game dark market credits earned through play. If the setup sounds familiar, Hazard Zone seems to take inspiration from raiding games like Hunt Showdown and Escape from Tarkov. Like most of those games, Hazard Zone players risk losing gear permanently if they're eliminated before extracting from the map at designated exfiltration zones. 
On PC, PS5, and Series X and S, Hazard Zone will support up to 32 players, 8 squads. PS4 and Xbox One will be capped at 24 players, or 6 squads. Hazard Zone will support all 7 launch maps that will also be present in the standard Conquest modes. In addition to weapons, players can use Dark Market credits on perks for their next run. I'm very interested in this. I never played Hunt the Showdown or Escape from Tarkov, although they could be games I think I would be interested in. As I already have Battlefield pre-ordered, even though I was a little lukewarm on the beta, I am excited to give this mode a shot. Number 6. Call of Duty Warzone will get a kernel-level anti-cheat called Ricochet. Matt Kim at IGN writes, Call of Duty has officially announced the name of its upcoming anti-cheat initiative developed specifically for its popular shooter. Called Ricochet, this is a multifaceted approach designed to combat cheating using kernel-level monitors. Going forward, Ricochet will be required to play Call of Duty Warzone on PC. As the intensity of cheating grows, games like Call of Duty Warzone and even the Call of Duty Vanguard beta have been victims of cheats. During a media tour for the upcoming Vanguard, Activision announced a new dedicated anti-cheat solution for Warzone and Vanguard. The solution now has a name and additional details. Ricochet utilizes a kernel-level driver similar to Riot's Vanguard technology, unrelated to the Call of Duty game. If you recall, Riot's Vanguard was criticized for having kernel-level access to a computer, but in recent months the tide has turned as Vanguard has proven to be effective at combating cheating. Activision is hoping to do the same here with Ricochet. In an FAQ, Activision justifies its new anti-cheat by saying that as cheating software becomes more sophisticated, quote, a kernel-level driver allows for the monitoring of applications that may attempt to manipulate Call of Duty Warzone game code while it is running, end quote. Compared to user-level applications with limited access to a computer, kernel-level drivers will allow for more sophisticated counters to cheats. Ricochet will not always be on, and Activision says that the driver will shut down when you exit a game and only turn back on when you start a new game. This is big news, and hopefully it works. Warzone has been riddled with cheesers for far too long, and there's really not much you can do about it. It has ruined the game, and now in an era of cross-play, PC players are everywhere in these multiplayer games, so preventing cheating is more important than ever. Let's all hope this works, and we can get back to some good old fun in the Warzone. And number 7, Dragon Age 4 reportedly coming to Series X and S, PS5 and PC, without last-gen version. Samuel Tolbert at Windows Central writes, the next Dragon Age game is still a ways off, but a new report indicates what platforms players will be enjoying it on. According to VentureBeat, the next Dragon Age is set to launch on Series X, Series S, PC, and PS5, with no planned Xbox One or PS4 versions. BioWare's history likely plays a role in this decision, as former executive producer Mark Dara openly stated on Twitter that Dragon Age Inquisition should have been developed only for Xbox One, PS4, and PC, admitting that the 360 and PS3 versions of the game held back the overall design. Another upcoming Electronic Arts title, The Dead Space Remake, is in development at Motive Studios, is also current-gen exclusive, indicating that more and more games from the EA Worldwide Studios family will only be available on the latest gaming machines. This is music to my ears, and I know that comes from a privileged position of having a Series X and PS5, but hey, we want to play these games in the highest fidelity, with the most limitations removed from the developers. Develop for the highest common denominator, then we can all enjoy the best version of these games, and be an Xbox fan, at least if this is in Xbox Game Pass, you might be able to play it through cloud gaming on your original Xbox One, even if it is a Series X and S exclusive. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is Microsoft and Xbox making on one of their promises from earlier this year. Credit to Sean Carey at True Achievements. Xbox Series X mini fridge pre-orders go live next week, costs $99.99. Well, if you still can't get your hands on an actual Series X, perhaps a mini-fridge will do. Microsoft has now revealed more details on its Series X mini-fridge, announcing that pre-orders will go live on October 19th. The Xbox mini-fridge, which will set you back $99.99, has a bunch of features to make it look similar to a Series X console. There are green LEDs in the top to match that of the green grill in the Series X, 
and a working USB port on the front of the door to charge your devices. The fridge can hold up to 10 cans of your favorite beverage, and it has two shelves in the doors for snacks. It also comes with a DC power adapter if you want to take your fridge on the go. I just have to tell myself I don't need this, but I guess we'll see what happens and what I do on October 19th. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I dipped my toes into the Avengers for the first time, and I got to admit, I enjoyed that first mission and what they were setting up with Kamala Khan. I'm very intrigued to get back to that when I have an opportunity. But other than that, my focus has been on Back for Blood. It is basically Left 4 Dead 3, and I'm so excited about that. I played so many hours of the original Left 4 Dead. They just need to fix the Back for Blood aspect that you cannot progress while playing in single-player solo campaign. You're forced to play online with players to progress, but I can't wait to get back and play some more. I like the progression system. I like all the levels, the gunplay. They nailed it. My name is Brandon Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Barosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.